Oh, Patty Smith. Well, hey, that's like uh, I didn't show up at the Radio Hall of Fame. I'm, I was like Todd Rundgren. I was inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. And I said, this is bullshit. I was being a bit of an asshole because I was saying this, it should be called the Howard Stern Hall of Fame and then they should put radio. Yeah, you didn't want to be compared to any radio DJ. It wasn't like going up against them was wrong. It was yeah. like, how dare you? <laughs> well, that too. You know, you get older and wiser. That was me being an asshole. But I, I just, you know, I didn't. Here's the point. Here's the reality. This Radio Hall of Fame, I was a little bit insulted because I feel I'm a major player in radio. You know, you can't argue that. And for years, they were purposely not putting me in. And I was like, you know what? If you're starting something called the Radio Hall of Fame, I think I should be in. Okay, maybe not the first year. Maybe you want to go with the Arthur Godfrey's and some of the WABC good guys or some, or, you know, with WABC announcers. I don't know what. But certainly by the second year, you, you, you induct me. I mean, who, who's bigger in radio? Wasn't it one of those things where you'd be nominated a lot and never get accepted? Was it like yeah, that? Yeah, they did me that humiliate. They put my name up there or something. Who knows how they do it, Robin? I didn't pay much attention to it. And then, you know, I read about who started it. It was some dude, you know, I never heard of. He never did anything. You know, at least Jan Winter started the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This is yeah. the guy who had Rolling Stone magazine. The guy's a genius. Uh, and it's much like that. the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's like reporters and people who write about the industry yeah. inducting the hall, you know, the members. But it would be weird if they had a Baseball Hall of Fame and they didn't induct, you know, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and Whitey Ford or something Or like Mickey that. Mantle or something. Mickey yeah, Mantle. Yeah. You, how can you have a Hall of Fame? And I'd like to think, and I'm, I'm not saying this to be arrogant, but I'd like to think I'm somewhere in those three of radio. I'd like to think that anyway of myself. I'd like to think I kind of moved the needle a little bit and changed the medium and uh, was actually good for the medium. I know some people thought I was bad for it because they thought I was too dirty or something because I had naked women on, which is absurd because I'm telling you, if you see what's on that Internet now with uh, you porn and Pornhub, oh, my God, I'm talking to a friend of mine who's a school teacher. And she said some kid almost had like a nervous breakdown in class because the kid and the kids, I think seven. And they were on Pornhub or you porn, one of them. And the kid was all freaked out by seeing hardcore sex. You know, they don't know from they're innocent at that age. And I'm saying well, what they're in bitching. The world was he doing with the, Accent. Somehow he got on, uh, you know, who knows? He's playing a video game with his mom's phone or something. And uh, I don't know. Maybe there was porn on it. Who the fuck knows? But kids tell each other about you porn. By the time you're seven or eight, you're going and telling your little friends, you got to go on and see this shit. If you just type <laughs> in you porn or Pornhub. Now, I'm not saying, listen, I'm not for censorship. I, I say, God bless you, porn. Thank you, you porn. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I am so into it. I love it. I love being able to get those free clips. But uh, they're upset about me doing some sort of like maybe a joke about sex or something like that. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Well, you know, they, they were on fire, the religious groups, to get rid of me. The liberals were after me to get rid of me. Everybody wanted to get rid of me. I couldn't take it. I was like, what? What are you talking about? What? Because I said douchebag? They almost fired me from NBC for saying douchebag and scumbag. Can you imagine? You knew. Douchebag. I, I, I went on the air at NBC radio, and I said, oh, what a douchebag. Douche. Oh, my God. Suspended Douche. the whole thing. The whole thing. How could you say that? Douchebag is a bad word. I go, no, it's not. Douchebag? You're talking about a douchebag is a bad word. Would you get scumbag? <laughs> and I, I can you imagine the drain of sitting in a guy's office for an hour or two. And I, I, the absurdity. Sometimes I sit there and go, "Am I arguing about the word douchebag? Am I a freedom fighter for the word douchebag?" And they go to you. Douche. Why you got to use the word douchebag? Isn't there another word? I go, no, that's how I talk. <laughs> douchebag's funny. Douchebag's a funny word. People are going to laugh when they hear douchebag. And they did laugh. They laughed in droves. 
for God's sakes, douchebag is a great word. Now it's, I mean, now everybody says it. I see it on TV, on mainstream television, douchebag. Oh, please. Everything is on mainstream television now that we couldn't say before. When they bury me, Robin, I want you to put on my gravestone. Uh, he fought for the word douchebag. <laughs> and I douche. actually think it was douche chills. That's what nope. they couldn't have. You sure that, that too. Chills? That douche chills, too. You're not wrong, but I'm saying originally I said scumbag and douchebag. Called the guy a scumbag. Well, I remember scumbag being a really big deal for for them. Yes. Yeah. You know, a scumbag is another uh, slang for a rubber, you know, wearing a, a condom. It holds your scum. It's a scumbag. But, and I didn't you know. know that until they got upset. I was just like, scumbag is just a word. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was a big deal. Now, I don't see, you know, little kids are watching fucking hardcore porn, penetration, everything. And, uh, you know, and again, I'm not sitting here advocating for censorship, but uh, my God. But I am Every, advocating for parents just, to know what their kids are up to and not give them access to all this stuff. They can stop it. Yeah, but we're too busy to stop it. You know what I mean? We've got our own things to do. Who's, who's going to sit there and uh, figure all that out? Your parents can't do it. <laughs> no. They're exhausted. That. You've never actually had the joy of raising children. You, you, you're like, oh, how do I do that? What? Stop the kids from watching porn? Oh, you know what? Let's let them see it. I'll explain to them what's going on. You're just like, uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my kids saw porn. I, I mean, I didn't discuss it with them, but. I didn't. Well, I, I didn't have one of those. I took Emily to the playground, and there was this little boy who was a couple of years older than her. She might have been four at the time, and he must have been six or seven. And he was telling me how, after his parents went to sleep, he would sneak uh, into the room and turn on the TV and watch, um, you know, those. HBO shows after dark where they'd have yeah. softcore porn. There you and go. so he was watching all of that at six and seven. There you go. Go stop that. <laughs> you think I'm going to stay up at night and see if the kids are watching HBO? I got to be up at three in the morning, go do morning radio, pay for that TV. You're not going to catch him. First of all, I put TVs in all my kids' room. My fantasy when I was a kid was to have a TV in my room. Yes. And I did that for my children. And uh, you know what? They grew up just fine. But uh, I'm sure they were watching all that shit. They knew everything. Yeah. So uh, anyway, getting back to this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. Foo Fighters inducted by Paul McCartney. They closed the show. Jay-Z was inducted. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we're talking about Todd Rundgren. I just read Todd Rundgren scheduled a concert in Cincinnati the night of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. <laughs> so he definitely has issues with the Rock Hall. What is the, you know, no offense to Todd Rundgren. I don't want to piss on his parade, but hello, it's me. I know that was a big hit. Okay. Hello, it's me. Okay. He's got that. Then I think he's got, uh, what else has he got? Hello, it's me. That's it. What's he got? He's got, He's got a couple other. I mean, he produced Bad Out of Hell. He's produced a ton of different albums. Uh, okay, I'll give him that. Successful albums. Um, and he sold a lot of records. He's also known as an innovator within. Hold it a second. But what about Todd Rundgren? What hits does he have? Well, hello, it's me. Is is the big? Oh, I saw the okay. light. Which is... I saw the light. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's two. Have your heart pressed though to come up with them, aren't you? Uh, I don't want to work. I just want to bang on the. All oh, right, I forgot that was him. Ah, just morning zoos killed this song. <laughs> they, they, they play this. The, the afternoon zoo channel would always play this in the afternoon. Right. I just want to yeah. drum on the moon. Oh, it oh it hey. another song. Yeah. Can we still be friends? Is another one. Yeah, yeah. that was the big one. All right, he's got a repertoire. You know why I got a problem with Todd Rundgren? I read this somewhere. It probably isn't even true. I should check it out. But I've always held it against him. He, he said something in an interview where he said, you know what? I could write a hit song anytime I want. Anytime I want. I just don't choose to. Or something like some kind of quote like that. And I was like, maybe, you know, I wonder if I have it right. 
but he was like, I can, maybe I heard this somewhere, but he said, I could write a hit song. And I'm like, well, then do it, douchebag. Don't say it, do it. I just thought that, that rubbed me the wrong way, but I do like some of his tones. I think it was the full package. It was the songs. It was the producing, the engineering, all the stuff. Right. Work with Grand Funk Railroad. I mean, there's a lot of different things he's done in his career. All right. Okay. I hear you. So what but, did Patti Smith do? Did she go, hey, Todd's not going to be here? She probably loved that. You know, she's so revolutionary. She might have been on. She was there. She might have been. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she, <laughs> she was, was She was on video. I'll tell you what. She was on video. on video. I inducted Bon Jovi, but if those dudes didn't show up, I wasn't showing up. <laughs> No, she wasn't there. It says virtual speech, so Patty oh. Smith is not there either. Oh wow! Well, she's you know Patty Smith's got to be in her seventies, right? She's probably yeah. like, "Fuck that! I'm not going to go get COVID." One of the things they did this year, which I think was really smart, like the you know special awards and the excellence, they limited all that. Like you got, got a video and and off. Like there there weren't, so they didn't have as many long speeches from people you didn't necessarily wanted to hear from. So what was Patty Smith's whole approach? Was it be like, hey, Todd couldn't be here? He thinks this is all bullshit? Or, like, did she go straight out for it? Or did she just kind of play it nice? You know, she said, you know, um, they look back on their early years in the New York music scene. He was an engineer, mm. producer, recording artist, etc. And she kind of stated the case of why he should be in the hall. Even no. though he was in Cincinnati playing a concert that night. So. I think she should have done it live from that concert. <laughs> that would have been cool. Virtually uh, had her speaking. Carol King was inducted by Taylor Swift. I would think Taylor Swift would be heavily influenced by Carol King. She's one of the greatest songwriters of all time, Carol King. Uh, Taylor Swift and Jennifer Hudson performed. That must have been good. Tina Turner it was live from Switzerland. Is she ill? Is she not able to travel? Well, probably she didn't She's want to get COVID. She's basically retired. Right. Um, you know, she had this, you know, farewell concert and then she did a documentary and she's basically stepped off stage. She had enough. She yeah. Had enough. Tina Turner, no one worked harder than Tina Turner. My God, when that woman would perform, she was like a locomotive engine just going, chugging along. Live from Switzerland. I guess she lives there now. Inducted by Angela Bassett. Who's a movie star, right? Angela Bassett. She was the one who played Tina in the movie. There you go. Christina Aguilera, Keith Urban, her, Mickey Guyton performed. Evidently, Keith Urban filled in at the last minute because Brian Adams got COVID. And by the way, oh. my man, uh, John Bon Jovi got COVID too. Did you read that over the weekend? No, I did not see that. Wow. I know he's vaxxed, double vaxxed. So was uh, his wife, Dorothea. And uh, you know what? One of the few people that I saw, you see, this is how you let your guard down. One of the few people I socialized with, but at the beginning of the summer, John Bon Jovi. I went over and had dinner at his house. There see? you go. See? You're there you go. Putting yourself at risk. I could have really roulette. fucked myself up. I could have. It's Rush, <laughs> Russian Rush roulette. and roulette. <laughs> Russian roulette. Like I said, Drew Barrymore inducted the Go-Go's. Patti Smith, Todd Rundgren, LL Cool J was inducted by Dr. Dre, Eminem, and J-Lo performed. Okay. Tom Morello inducted Randy Rhodes for an excellence award. Billy Preston inducted by Ringo Starr live via video. Ah, nice. Ringo didn't. Very nice. Well, Billy Peace wasn't going to show up. Peace so. and love. <laughs> I should Ringo. <laughs> right. Billy's dead, right? Billy Preston. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Billy Preston did a whole bunch of the Beatles songs. You know, he was uh, sometimes called, oh, well, let's see, was he the fifth Beatle or was Murray the K the fifth Beatle? Everyone was Everybody was the fifth, the fifth Beatle. Beatle. Nobody, they never went to six. Everybody was a fifth. <laughs> yeah, and the Beatles were all like, fuck you, there's four Beatles. But uh, <laughs> Billy Preston played on a lot of tunes, right? John, how many mm -hmm. tunes did Billy play on? Uh, Billy Preston is incredible. I mean, forget his solo career. He played on all the Let It Be album. But the other thing, Howard, if you remember with Mick Jagger, when Keith Richards was locked up in Toronto, Mick Jagger got together with Billy Preston and the song Miss You, that, that's Billy Preston, in, you know, that's with right. Mick Jagger. Uh, he's yeah. all over that album. Keith got locked up for drugs, and uh, Mick said to Billy, let's write a song together, because, you know, Mick doesn't do that a lot, but Miss You was Billy Preston and uh, Mick Jagger. That's right. Billy Preston was really quite impressive, and... Um, 
I think we've had Billy Preston on the show years yeah, ago. Yeah, he was on the show once or twice. I can't remember how many right. times, but I know we met him. He was oh, on. Ringo. He was on, yeah. Billy Preston uh, inducted by Ringo Starr. You know what? The best song for me that Billy Preston ever did, That's the Way God Planned It. Oh, my yes. God. When I hear that, I haven't heard that song in a long time. But, boy, is that good. Was that a hit song? I don't think that was a big hit song, but... I used to play that a lot on the radio when I worked for a progressive radio station that let you play whatever you want. I always thought, like, you know, everybody was into their music. I thought that was cool. Why can't we be humble like the good Lord say? Promise to exalt us, but no is the way. How men be so greedy when there's so much left? All things are God given, and they all have been blessed. That's the part that gets me. Right? Oh, wait. Oh, shit. God planned it. That's the way. He. There. He. When he goes, that's the way. Yeah. He. That's the Let morning sobbing cease. All right. Thank you. Billy Preston played that on our show in 1991, and then he was on again in 1992. I just got the stats. Um, also, oh, Brandy Carlisle performed an in memoriam to the Everly brothers. And I got a text from Brandy Carlisle. Are they both gone now? The Everly brothers? I think so. I want to say yes. Am I right, John? Yeah. Don died this year. So it was at the end of the in memoriam and she played, uh, with, uh, with the twins. And wasn't the story on the Everly brothers that by the end, those two couldn't even talk to each other? Two brothers. They fucking hated each other. Why did they hate each other? You know? I don't know off the top of my head. Sick of each other. They're just sick. They were with each other forever. (laughs) Yeah, I would not want a fucking brother, and I wouldn't want to be in a band with a brother. I don't know. I'm not all about that. I don't want to. Howard. Yeah. I don't know why they broke up, but I do know how they broke up, which was they were performing together and <laughs> one brother got up and just threw his guitar down on the stage. And then they didn't talk to each other for, I heard, I think it was like 20 years. Jesus. Isn't that crazy? That's like the, the black crows. Those two boys, boy, they went at it. And then the guys <clears throat> yeah. in Oasis, they go at it too. The Everly Brothers also, they harmonize so beautifully together. I know, I know, you know. They could stand each other. Yeah, I know. Don't you think they could say to each other, you know what, look, all right, we got a personality difference. You know what, I, I, sibling rivalry, I wanted mommy to love me better than you. Whatever the fuck it is, go into therapy, figure it out, and say, you know what, I don't love this guy, even though he's my brother, but we make beautiful music together. It's, It's a way for us to make income. It's also a way for us to get out there and be worshipped. You know, there's got to be a way to work it out. There's got to be a fucking way to work it out. There's got to be. Your brother. Did they never reunite? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, yeah, from wow. what I remember. <laughs> but anyway, I was saying Brandy Carlisle did a uh, in memoriam to the Everly Brothers. And she texted me. And she just said uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was great. She goes, but the thing that was great about it, all of our fans who came up to her there. So many of our fans were at this rock and roll hall of fame. And she said, she goes, it's like you, the show exposed me to so many new audiences. It was mostly dudes coming over to me and saying, Hey, we heard John Howard. We love your performances. And she was just so, um, grateful that, uh, we, you know, enjoy her music so much and, yeah. and spread the gospel about Brandy Carlisle. And that's awesome. Cause I think she's like an incredible talent. Everyone should know her. Yeah. I think awesome. they sang. Uh, totally I think they awesome. sang. All we have to. Uh, all I have to do is dream. I, I don't know mm. if it's called. You know, 
Yeah, I was not. Uh, I didn't get into the Everly Brothers. I I got into music when the Beatles hit America. Up until then, I didn't give a shit about Elvis. Like the Everly Brothers preceded the Beatles, right? Yeah, I guess. And like, all you have to do is dream, 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 dream. Yeah, I was like, I don't give a shit about music. I ain't buying an album. Then the Beatles hit. I was like, oh, that's now I get it. Now I know what's happening. And then the they, Stones I used to, came They out. used to come on the Mike Douglas show a the lot. The Everly Brothers. The yeah. Everly Brothers. That's why I'd see them. And Ed Sullivan, you know, so they, they made the rounds of every place you were supposed to go. I admired their hair. Didn't they have that big pompadour in the front? Like yeah. a big, giant, like Elvis had. And, and I was it always never like, moved. <laughs> yeah. And I was always like, you know, how do you get you? Like, I know my mom uses tons of hairspray. My mom's hair never moved. <laughs> like my mom would get set up for the day, go to the beauty parlor, like on a Monday, get her hair washed. And then whatever they did to it, it's like they wrapped it in like a plastic mold. It was like a fucking, <laughs> like a beehive sitting on her head that didn't move. And then my mom would like the going to the beauty parlor was expensive and we didn't have a lot of money. So my mom had to make the hair last till like Friday. So she had to wear like a bathing cap and in the water. She had to wear a bathing cap when she showered. Protect Couldn't go that near. Hair. Yeah. Oh, at all costs. <laughs> and I'd be like, doesn't that hair smell after a while? Because, you know, your scalp can start to stink. But she, nope. She didn't want to hear about it. I had to keep that thing. I had to keep that due. But then when I saw the Everly Brothers on Mike Douglas, I'd be like, whoa, they must be using the same product my mother's using. <laughs> they go to the same woman at the beauty yeah, I'm parlor. Pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're not showering every day with that do, right? right. It was a whole thing, yeah. That was some do. Oh, I mean, my mom's hair was basically lacquered. Do. And I even said to my mom, one day, I must have been a precocious little motherfucker because uh, finally, I think maybe in... Junior high or high school, I said to her, Mom, what are you doing with that hair? What are you doing? I mean, do you're you're going to the beauty parlor. You're not washing your hair. You're, you're having them color it. You're not, listen, no offense. You're not going to, you know, you're not in a beauty pageant. You're married to my <laughs> father, who looks like a fucking train hit him. You know, you don't really have to keep up all this pretense. You look fine. The way, more natural, the better. And you know what? Finally, she turned to me and went, you know what? You're right. Boom. She went gray, started washing her own hair. I mean, she had hair like a dude, you know, a little short, curly. You probably put somebody out of business, Howard. <laughs> Maybe, but she was a lot happier. And I was like, you know, God bless her. She looks fine. What happened to Ray? She doesn't come in anymore. Yeah, I know. Man, well, just for a cut, but not that whole the coloring. And I mean, and she even said, you know, I remember at one point I... I I hugged my mother. Her hair was hard as a helmet. Really, really was. I said to her, you're, you're my mom. You're not my stepmom. You don't have to be hot. If you were my stepmom, different story. I'd be fucking you. <laughs> oh, my God. That hair my mother had. I never saw anything like it. Well, I want to look good for your father. I go, he hasn't noticed your hair. You could shave your head. He wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> she was trying to be like those women on TV, you know, like yeah. oh. Beaver's mom with the In dress June. and the June Cleaver. and the pearls and yeah. all that stuff. I like to look nice. I go, you look, you don't look that good. <laughs> but that fucking helmet is like you're in the military. You got a big helmet on your head. Although, if she ever got shot in the head, she could, the, the bullets would bounce off that well, thing. Well, it would bounce right off. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know what happened. Women at a certain age all get rid of their youthful hair and cut it off, and then they somehow magically get that hairdo where they look like a dude. <laughs> Jesus, you talk about looks. Dude. I fuck it. Beth took a picture of me this weekend. I, I don't let her take pictures of me, but she uh, the cat was behind me. She thought it was so cute. And all of a sudden, I look up, and she's taking a picture. I saw the picture of myself. I couldn't believe what it looked like. You know, when I look in the mirror, it doesn't look that bad. 
But when you see yourself in a photograph, photograph doesn't lie. Man, do I look, uh, man, I you hit the wall. You think a photograph doesn't lie? I'd prefer the mirror. The mirror looks better. I'm mm, going. I know, but she caught me off guard. She showed me, I, I said, erase that now. I never want you to see me looking like that. I mean, I hit the wall running. Oh, like I, was run- I wonder what this picture was. Oh, you, it's deleted now. I can't even show It was so bad. <laughs> I'm so fucking hideous. Oh. Well, it was no mistake. She took it on Halloween. It was perfect for Halloween. You had to see this picture, but it scared the hell out of you. I hate Stop that fucking it. Halloween. I hate that fucking Halloween, I tell you. You know, by me, yeah, I only saw one kid trick-or-treating on a bicycle with his dad. Cute little boy, but oh, I hate the whole thing. I hate it so much. You was know. he in costume, the little boy? No, it was too early in the day, but they they were like, happy Halloween. I'm like, okay, man, sure, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Halloween. It's vile, that holiday. I remember even as a kid, it only led to nonsense and shenanigans. I remember my friend, (laughs) I remember my friends loading up their socks full of chalk so they could chalk houses, people egging houses. The whole thing was just a Toilet nightmare. Toilet paper. Yeah, the whole the thing. thing. whole thing. Toothpaste. Oh, my God. And just with the costumes and the... But, my God, it's just the worst holiday ever. And people would do all kind of shenanigans. I remember in my neighborhood in Roosevelt, it was Hell Night. Hell Night was the night before Halloween. And oh I my don't God. understand. Where did Hell Night come from? I never heard you, of that. Hell Night. Well, every night in Roosevelt was Hell Night. But if you, <laughs> yeah, you Hell tell? Night, <laughs> you would wake up the morning after Hell Night and it looked like downtown Beirut. <laughs> every house had eggs. And my poor dad, he'd be, you know, he worked all week. He'd commute into the city. I mean, my dad put in a lot of hours and then he'd look at his house and it'd be egged and he'd just say, uh, and you can't get egg off with water. You got to repaint the whole house. And he goes, what did they do? What the eggs? It's terrible. People damage other people's property. It's not people. It's their kids. Hmm. I go, oh, now you don't like the kids in the neighborhood. huh? Thanks for sending me to school with them. You <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> now, you, now you see what I'm going through. Sammy really loves tequila. He opened the uh, Cabo Wabo Cantina in Cabo San Lucas in 1990, and uh, he owns his own tequila brand. I mean, he's even writing about it. He loves tequila like no one else. Yeah. You were talking, Robin, but I couldn't tell if you were talking to me. No, I can't. I know. I didn't know the mic was on. I was, oh. We were trying to find some lights to put in here. Gotcha. Sammy sold 80% of his Cabo Wabo tequila brand to Campari for $100 million in the mid-2000s and sold the other 20% in 2010. Jesus. Is that right? People had to get their hands on that tequila. My God, $100 million bucks. No wonder he's singing about it. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for him. Hey, I didn't want to get in a whole heavy thing, but I was talking about this woman the other day on the air. Her name is Tina Polsky, and I see she's on the phone calling us, and uh, I'll remind you of the story. First, let me get her on. Make sure she's there. Hey, Tina. How are you? Hey, Howard. Nice to speak to you. You know, Hello, hello. I was telling Tina's story the other day on the air because I was reading about her, and I, I I put it under the headline: "When would when did it become so popular in politics to be a total outright asshole?" <laughs> and I'll, I'll, Tina, tell me if I'm telling the story right. I'll give the quick uh, synopsis. Tina's a Florida state senator, and by the way, when you're a Florida state senator, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Tina. It ain't like you're going to get rich, and it ain't like you're in it for the money. You're doing it because you're yes, interested. Sure. Yeah, you're interested in serving the public. You're interested in making yes. sure your schools are good. $29,000. Right. So let's let's understand something. 
If you start disrespecting these people, you know, going to school board meetings and shouting them down and saying, we know where you live, all this kind of crap, you're going to end up with really mediocre people in these positions. So you go, you go to these school board meetings or you find out where your state senator is and you start threatening them and their family. They'll just quit. They're not going to, you know, for 29 grand, they ain't, they ain't in it for the money. They're in it because they were trying to help. But I was telling the story the other day, and this is what's happening now, I see. There's this kook factor with the anti-vax, with, uh, you know, Trump won the election. It's a kook factor. And the kooks have taken over because mostly politicians have realized since Trump that if you say outrageous, crazy fucking things, nothing happens to you, and these kooks love you, I mean, where else in a country where I saw Andrew Cuomo's up on charges suddenly, miraculously, but the president of the United States was on the phone to an official, a government official, telling him, find me votes now. Find me 11,000 votes. I mean, I don't know. Back in the day, that used to be like, oh, my God, the guy's trying to fix the election. Find me 11,000 votes. Make it up. Instead, there are a bunch of people who think he won the election. Yeah, it's just crazy town. I mean, in a way, thank God for the pandemic because I don't want to leave my house. I mean, it's too <laughs> dangerous out there. But but anyway, so Tina is a, a woman who is, for $29,000 a year, she's the Florida state senator. And from what I read about you, Tina, you've got cancer. Am I correct? Yes, I have a stage one breast cancer. And you were going through a little bit of chemo and things like this. Am I correct? Um, actually, radiation. Yeah, I'm right. in the middle of it now. Okay. Anybody who knows anything about cancer knows or loves anyone with cancer knows that radiation is not only a tough thing to go through, it eats up your body. It's, you know, but cancer is a hard thing. It's debilitating. I've had it. There you go. Exactly. And plenty of it. The woman glows in the dark now, Robin. That's right. I, so, I, uh, I can't believe I needed light today. I must yeah, be right. going out. <laughs> yeah, she looks like uh, the Green Lantern. But anyway, uh, and if you know anything about cancer, it, um, especially in the time of a pandemic, people with cancer are going through radiation. They are particularly susceptible if they get COVID to death. Because uh, their immune system and they are have weakened. to stop their treatment, Howard. You can't be treated yeah, that's, while you're sick. Robin, that's the most important thing because that's I was right. on a very strict schedule, time schedule, and I was up in Tallahassee in between post-surgery, pre-radiation, and everything was kind of scheduled. But I went for committee week and meeting with a lot of different people, including the Surgeon General. So you know, I had to take precautions. Meanwhile, right. so here's a woman who is devoting herself to trying to make the community better, going through cancer. She Not only is she going through radiation, but she says, hey, it's important enough that I show up at the, a meeting. I want to talk to the um, Surgeon General about some stuff going on in Florida. And she asked the Surgeon General. Mind you, the Surgeon General of Florida, she says to him, I'm having a meeting with you. I'm going through um, radiation. I have cancer. Would you please wear a mask well, just- for our meeting? Howard, just to clarify, at that moment, I had not come out with my diagnosis. I just told him I had a serious medical condition. But Fair enough. that should have been enough. Yeah. <laughs> so she said to him, hey, would you mind wearing a mask, please, when we meet? Well, instead of being a gentleman, and, and if he didn't want to wear a mask, say, listen, I'm not comfortable wearing a mask. I don't want to meet with you, blah, 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 blah. He comes on like, a, like, a, like an ass. What was the what was the quote I read in the paper, Tina? I don't remember it, but it was crazy what he said. What did he say to you when you said, "Hey, wear a mask, yes. please"? Um, well, he was basically negotiating for quite a while inside the waiting area of my office, and it's he was with two aides, and I was with one of my aides. We both had masks on, but it was kind of a crowded space, and it was very uncomfortable. And he just wouldn't kind of stop the debate and the negotiation. And he suggested we go outside, which is not right there. We're in an office building. Uh, or we meet in the hallway, which is not any better as far as, you know, circulation goes. And when finally I asked him to leave, my other aide was in the hallway and heard him say, I like to reason with unreasonable people. It's fun. So it was very mm. clear he was trying to push my buttons. And, you know, he figured I'm some liberal Democrat from South Florida and 
he'd have fun with me. And that's what I believe he tried to do. And the guy then issued a statement that said a face covering would have impaired his ability to communicate with State Senator Polsky. Now, come on, dude. The woman tells you she's ill. Would you please wear a mask? We're in a pandemic. This guy's a a surgeon general. That's the kicker to the whole story. It's crazy. It's not, I mean, the, the guy is a, a Harvard graduate. He's not a dumb man. He was appointed by Governor DeSantis last month as the surgeon general, the state surgeon general, and he's a Harvard graduate. He's a bright guy. And this is what people are into now. They want to bully a sick woman. And toy, he says, I like playing with people. I mean, what is going on there? What's going on in America where it's okay to do this shit? I don't understand. I I really shouldn't be talking to you, Tina. I'd rather talk to him. It was, well, good luck getting him on. It was so shocking that he would not accommodate a very simple request, and I should accommodate him. Um, but the backstory is that he requested the meeting with me. Senators have to confirm these uh, heads of agencies and he'd be the head of the Department of Health. And so he goes around to meet senators so we can eventually approve him in a confirmation hearing. Mm. So that's really the kind of ironic kicker is that he needs my vote and he wouldn't accommodate such a simple request. Well, I mean, respect wishes in my, in my office. He's essentially looking for your endorsement and uh, he's going to fuck with you. Now, the guy holds an MD, an MD and a PhD from Harvard. So he is certainly one of the brightest and the best that America has to offer in terms of academics. I don't understand. And you know what? I don't even want to put the guy down. I just want to understand, like, what, what's the point to all of this? You mean, you, are you denying there's a pandemic? Are you denying that a person going through cancer, radiation? Uh, I mean. Well, you wonder, what? has he apologized after learning that you have a no. real medical issue? No. So they put out a statement that Howard's talking about where, He can't communicate effectively with a mask, and he gave me a bunch of other accommodations, (laughs) meaning go outside or go into the hallway. Those are his ideas. And no apology. And you know what's really sad? The governor, who also graduated from Harvard, Harvard Law, and I believe Yale undergrad, went on a little bit of a a tirade about it. And a couple days later, he defended the Surgeon General. Never said anything about my cancer. I mean, here I serve with him in Tallahassee. We started at the same time in 2018. Never said, I'm sorry you're going through this. My wife, the First Lady, is also going through cancer, and she's a bit younger than me. And there's thousands of women. Never has the compassion to say anything about all of us. I don't get it. And it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Never says anything. Just goes into not even mentioning my name and talking about me as a they, and like I'm part of this sort of left-wing conspiracy, and said I manufactured this, and that I'm seeking publicity when he's the wow. one who is mm. you know, wish... constantly doing that. So the, the compassion, the humanity, it's just gone, and it's really, yeah. really sad. I wish I understood. I wish I could understand what this is all about. I don't, I think it's if you act crazy, like this crazy fringe, it really reminds me of uh, pre-World War II, Nazi Germany, uh, you know, with Hitler coming to power. The, the, like, most people were kind of sane, but then got caught up in the insanity, like the, the, the lies and the... I don't understand, Well, what you but, do is you demonize and make the, uh, you know, people your enemy. So you're yeah. not, no longer just, legis- you know, people who are in the legislature trying to work out problems. If you disagree, you are now the enemy. Yeah, and it's and like a know, woman destroy you. A woman with cancer? I mean, you is, don't. I mean, it's crazy. It's just crazy the, to me. The way people are acting, the uh, the general public, and the I got some death threats. I got some anti-Semitic comments. You know, people Jesus. think I'm crazy, and how dare I ask someone to bow down to my wishes? I mean, that's the way <laughs> it's being portrayed. Wow, yeah. I don't understand mm-hmm. it, Tina. I'm telling you. I don't get it. I don't understand how this happened where, <laughs> you know, you used to kind of get beaten up in the newspapers and public opinion if you did something to a woman with cancer and said, I'm not going to wear a mask. And now it's like, 
you almost get applauded for being an asshole. And you know, and if he apologized to you, his supporters would probably no. turn on him because That's Trump right. is right. Yeah. Trump has turned to Trump. Trump showed them: do not apologize for anything, even if you're wrong. Don't apologize. Don't say you're wrong ever. Never admit you're wrong. Don't say you lost. Don't say you're wrong. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. And you and Tina, you're the screwed up one for having cancer and making people bow to your wishes. Yeah. You know, when I walk around, I wear a mask because, you know, I have a compromised immune system. And uh, I sometimes wonder if people think I'm making a political statement. You know, it's (laughs) just like they're walking around the Mm -hmm. maskless and I'm wearing a mask. Do they think I'm trying to tell them something? Well, you could get certain. Karens out there who would run up to you and say, what the fuck are you doing wearing a mask? Who do you think you are? I mean, it's crazy town yeah, out here. What, yeah. You want to wear a mask? Wear a mask. God, nothing wrong with it. It's good. It's good. It's a, it's a nice thing to do. All right, Tina. I, I, uh, I don't understand, but I'm so glad you called in and sorry that happened to you. How are you doing with the cancer? I mean, are you going to be okay? Thank you. Yes. My prognosis is excellent. Caught it early. For everyone listening, please get your mammograms, do your self-checks. That's how I found it. Um, because it's early, I'm going to be fine. Lumpectomy, radiation, and hopefully be back to normal. So I And really I'll tell you what, Tina. Tina, I also yeah. want to thank you for your public service. I know about these jobs. Being a state senator is a thankless kind of, uh, you know, there's a lot of tedium involved, a lot of meetings, a lot of sacrificing of your time. And, uh, you know, I don't know your politics. I don't really know you, Tina, but I do thank you for caring enough about your community to take an interest and to run for one of these offices. And my biggest fear is that a lot of people who do these kinds of jobs are just going to be turned off to politics. Um, It's true. A lot of people are not seeking re-election in Congress and, you know, the more moderate. So what comes in? The crazies. Yep. Yep. It's Mm -hmm. a scary time. Very scary so time. So Howard, next oh, time you're yeah. in, next time you're in Palm Beach, we'd love to meet you. My Very husband's nice. been a fan since high school, the <laughs> If I ever leave my house, I'll uh, come say hi to you. <laughs> good luck, Tina. Thanks for hanging in there, fighting the good you, fight. Howard. Thanks, Robin. Bye, Tina. Thank okay. you. Take care. Bye. Bye, bye. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I do. I walk around, you know, if I if I have to go out and I wonder if somebody's ever going to confront me about wearing a mask. They could. In the crazy world we live in now, they will probably attack you for wearing a mask, even though you're fighting for your life. Uh, hey, Donnie, you're on the air in Florida. Hey, Howard, how are you doing? I'm OK. Good, good. I just wanted to uh, let you know, uh, Tina Polsky, she Represents my area here um, in the south, in this particular area, South Florida, and I just wanted to tell you, like, she's a straight up senator. I mean, she's not she she is reachable. I've actually reached out to her on Facebook, um, especially when all this Parkland bullshit was going on here. Um, you know, I was trying to see if we could get some more precautions in place. Uh, you know, when when the shooting happened and everything. And I mean, she responded right back and, you know, just a, a really down to earth, great lady, great Senator. And, uh, you know, for her to be going through all this bullshit with this, this, this drone of, of death Santis, as we call him down here, especially in Palm beach County, you know, it's just absolute nonsense bullshit. And I, I, I just, it, as somebody that has, has had someone that, had breast cancer in their family, and my wife, the same thing, uh, in her family, you know, to have to be, you know, politicized like that, to make a, to accommodate a common request is just, it's beyond me, and it trickled down from, you know, Trumpism, and, uh, and, you know, well, DeSantis, too. Yeah, you want to hear it's, a uh, crazy, you want to hear a crazy story? Yeah. I was just reading this. Uh, you know, on Fox News, there's a guy on there named Neil Cavuto. I used to watch Neil all the time. Uh, Neil's a pretty reasonable guy, very bright guy. I like him. And um, and uh, Cavuto 
I happen to know is, uh, you know, he's vocal about it. He's dealt with stage four cancer, open heart surgery. The guy's got a multiple sclerosis. I mean, he's got a lot of uh, issues. Um, and he got COVID and he credits yeah, the vaccine. He got COVID. Yeah. He got COVID and he credited the vaccination, of course, with saving his life. And he went on the air after he was grateful. He pled with the viewers to save themselves and get the shot. Mm-hmm. You know, this is here's what he said. This is a crazy story. This is just another fucking weird, makes no sense story. This is not about left or right. This is not about who's conservative or liberal. Last time I checked, everyone, regardless of their political persuasion, is coming down with this. Cases are stabilizing, but we're still losing 3,000 people a day. Life is too short to be an ass. Life is way too short to be ignorant of the promise of something that is helping people worldwide. Stop the deaths. Stop the suffering. Please get vaccinated. So pretty reasonable, right? So he gets on, yeah. he gets on and said, well, the, the people who watch that Fox, they hit him with hateful emails and tweets. I'm telling you, this is like the Twilight Zone. He got death threats. Uh, I guess in an effort to, um, I don't know, be cute, they read him the death threats on the air. Uh, and they did a segment that basically just, you know, read some of these emails where they basically call Neil Cavuto a piece of shit. Um, for, for quite some time. Here it is. It's crazy. But there are a lot of those people giving you medical advice on television. Oh, no, no, no. This, this is an email from Barbara here. I admire your remarkable strength through so much adversity. But let me give you some advice. Shut up and enjoy the fact that you're not dead. For now. All right. Do you have any better ones? Or is this kind of where we're going here? Uh, yeah. The, the email from Ellen, actually. Keep your chubby hands off my body, you full-figure oh. freak. I decide what I take. Not some Mr. Potato Head elitist with snap-on fake hair who gets paid by Big Pharma. Uh, we've got uh, TJ, who also emails. It's clear you've lost some weight with all this stuff. Good for you. But I'm not happy with less of you. I want none of you. I want you gone, dead, kaput. Finite, get it? Now take your two-bit advice, deep-six it, and <laughs> you. That's uh, rather harsh, Neil. Well, so, it's uh, weird. But wow. I figured I'd relate that to you. For you the know. Sopranos uh, prequel? Yes. Yeah. It's just weirdo stuff. I mean, I don't understand it. And the weirdos are taking over, I guess. I hope not. Well, I but, don't understand um, what's so wrong that people have gone this crazy. You know, and, and uh, from what I understand, it was pretty bad in Germany when Hitler took over. People were hungry. They didn't have jobs. The, the economy mm-hmm. was depressed. And so they were miserable and looking for somebody to lead them out of that. But what's so bad in the United States that people are willing to start having these kind of conversations? I don't know. I it, think they're, it's crazy. they 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 want a Führer. They want um they want um they want a fixed election. I don't know what. Yeah, they want. Uh, life's guess. too good. It's almost like it seems like it's too good. We want to have blood running in the streets, and you know, yeah. have you know your sons going off to war and dying from killing others. You know, other Americans. But I guess the other. Yeah, it, it, tw- the other There's 20, let me just finish ignorance. this. Uh, yeah, well, Donnie, let me just finish this. The the, the, the other 23 hours, they, they got shit like this on the air over there. But there are a lot of those people giving you medical advice on television, and you should ignore them. The advice they're giving you isn't designed to help. It's designed to make you comply. Now that we, the science shows the vaccine will not necessarily protect you, it's not protecting many people. You know what? I personally will not get the COVID vaccine, and I personally will not be forced to get it. How dare the government or anyone else tell me how to live my <laughs> life nuts. or mandate I take a shot to live and work and what I then thought. Get the fuck out of America, then, if you don't want to go along with everyone else. Agreed. We've had we've had we've had vaccine mandates for children in schools for for forever. That's how we got rid of polio. Fuck you, you fucking moron. Get out. And And the government mandated that everyone take the smallpox vaccine. Of course. That's why people don't have they needed to eradicate that disease. But the weird thing I read is that over at Fox News, they've had one of the most stringent vaccination mandatory policies in any business you got to get that fucking vaccine if you want to work at fox news but, but they that's don't tell- why i think they're all acting 
They ran yeah. out and got the vaccine and they, you know, keep themselves vaccinated and they have everybody vaccinated on the set so that they don't get sick. But then they cater to this audience that wants to hear this kind of crap. By the way, who did I tell you is the greatest president that ever lived? Uh, George Washington. George Washington, exactly. George Washington, and I could go through all my reasons why he was the greatest, but the number one reason, he didn't want to be king. They wanted to make him king. He said, no, we just fought a whole fucking war. Well, he was dealing with a bunch of idiots. We got rid of a king. Right. We don't want a king. Yeah, idiots. They were going to make George Washington. So George Washington... A lot of people don't understand history. He mandated a smallpox vaccine for the Continental Army. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? So what's more American than that? Well, this is the thing. Now we got military people saying, I'm not going to do something. When you're in the military, you follow orders. That's it. Well, what happened to that? Well, when you're in the military, you're charged with protecting America. What's better protection than getting getting everyone vaccinated? But now everybody's like, well, we don't want to necessarily mandate it, but, you know, we're trying to encourage everybody in the military to get a vaccine. I'm like, well, what the fuck happened to the military? Ted Nugent's a big anti-vaxxer, too. He's 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 a trip and a half. Well, of he's course on, he is. Not. He's an anti-everything. They put him on PBS, he, uh, a show called Off the Record, although it's got to be the most entertaining Off the Record yet. Um <laughs> He thinks the vaccine is stupid. Now, why? Well, maybe here's the logic. Here you go. You want to know about it. Here it is. What did you, word did you use to describe the vaccine? You don't believe it's real, sir? No, it's not a vaccine. It's an experimental shot. Now, the FDA was forced to authorize it here recently, but they were jabbing people with an experimental shot right up until that fake authorization. Would you speak to the people who believe it is a worthwhile vaccine and it is saving lives? Are they just dead wrong? Are they been fed a a line from the federal government? Tim, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to the people that went ahead and got the jab. I speak their language. I would speak to them thusly. They understand that. Does he well, think that so the polio all these millions vaccine... of people that got the shots, they're just stupid? Yep. But does uh, he what? really think the polio vaccine was not experimental? Stupid? Yeah. Well, but it, it, it had arguing, never happened before. They had not had a polio vaccine. You're they arguing, developed the you're, polio vaccine and then people took it. You're arguing with a musician. And uh, not a scientist, you know. I mean, really. But the I point mean, is, they act like every vaccine that came along for a new illness wasn't new. Yeah, good point. And you know, Howard, one thing that drives me nuts is that a lot of these people, like they're they're scared. They're scared. And I listen. I'm very pro-vaccine, but I can understand some of the hesitation slightly. Okay. However. If you talk to them more online and stuff, they're scared. And I'm just going to say right now, like, I got J&J back in March, and I got the 